Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Oh yeah, here we are again on another Man Up Monday. My name is Jody Burkeen. I'm your host and founder of Man Up God's Way. And tonight is another episode of the Man Up Monday podcast. And we're excited to be here with you. If you get an opportunity, please share uh, this link on Facebook or YouTube with all of your friends and uh, family. We'd love for more and more people to see this podcast. Uh, if you can't check it out tonight or not be able to watch it live, you can download it on any podcast platform tomorrow morning, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Amazon podcast, and all the above, as well as Podomatic, uh, the one that we use. And we're uh, uh, blessed that you are here. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, I'm excited tonight. I got a very special guest here. Uh, who we'll introduce here in just a minute, but uh, let me introduce our our crew. Ben, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. You're welcome. Excited about tonight's guest, too. Good. How was uh, Alistair Begg last week? Uh, yeah, last week I went to the Basics Conference, and it was Alistair Begg and Tony Marita, okay. I believe is his name, and uh, a guy out of Australia by the name of John Woodhouse, who's like a Old Testament guru. And uh, it was great. Good. It was great. Good. I see a little glow on you. It was about 1,500 pastors and church leaders. And it's, you know, it's the first time I, it's being around a bunch of guys preaching that are actually teaching pastors, right. which you don't see that much. And right. I've been, I've been listening to Alistair Begg for probably 15 years. So uh, it was, ex I was exciting. It was good. That's awesome. You got to see some guys from the Man Up group too, as well. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, cool. That was yeah, cool. I got to see Louie. Louie. So yeah. he was there. Uh, that was he cool. was sitting right in the front row. That's hilarious. Yeah. He's from Cleveland. So yeah, he's yeah. from that area. Yeah, he's, he's got from, a bed and breakfast he, up there. So yeah, that's awesome. I talked to him for 10 or 15 minutes after you sent me the pic. I went and searched for him. That's good. And I was trying to look at the picture and kind of judge where he was. And I'm like, he's in the front row. Well, I kept thinking, man, he's got this picture. And I was like, I'll see Ben's bald head back there. Yeah, and I, yeah, I didn't yeah. see you. But, uh, well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was good. Good. Glad you got back safe and sound. Fergosa, how you doing, brother? What's up? Awesome. Doing good. Another good. day. How's the songs going? Songs going good. I actually good. shot a music video last weekend. Your boy was doing behind the scenes for me. Awesome. Changed all my profile pictures on my social. I'm looking looking official now. You look official <laughs> now. Awesome. Here, I got I got actually got the song. Let's see. Oh yeah, waking this up. Is, this is waking up. This is my favorite song. Is it? Do yep. Waking up. Waking up. Waking. Up. Tear it up, tear it up. I try to chase the dog. Dang, that's good, dude. Appreciate it. When's the video gonna be ready? Um, probably two two months. Okay. Awesome. Alright, so if you guys want to listen to Fergozo's music, it is on Spotify. Go check it out, Fergozo Music. Um, and, uh, he's got some really good songs. Uh, some of them I just keep jamming to. Thanks, man. I Dude, appreciate I was, the play. I was listening to, um, uh, to drunk the other night or the other day. Uh -huh. And I, it, 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 uh, you know how Spotify will turn it into a radio station. Oh, yeah. 
So, man, it just started playing all of these great songs. I mean, I was just like, oh, man. A little indie. Yeah, a little indie music. So it was was pretty good. So Awesome, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, guys, uh, just so you guys know how we pay for the podcast is through our manupmerch.com. You can go check out any shirt. Uh, We have hats. We have coffee mugs. Uh, books, coffee itself, some of the best coffee that you'll ever have right there. It is good and stout. Put hair on your chest and um, make sure that you go grab some of our merch. Not only will it help our ministry, but you'll look good wearing it as well. Coming up in the next few podcasts, we've got um, we've got some really good guys coming up. Uh, we got the greatest guy here tonight, so I'm going to introduce him just in a minute. But we've got Derek Moore, a uh, wrestling coach out at California Baptist uh, School. He's going to be here next week. Joseph Warren, um, a uh, recovering Catholic, I think is what he says he is. Uh, We're excited to see him. And uh, we've got some great uh, guys coming on up throughout the rest of the the month. And uh, I have uh, some, I got a major weekend going on this weekend. I've got my daughter, my oldest daughter getting married, my first child uh, getting married. And so, um, that's all I'm going to talk about. I'm going to start crying. Oh, I want to see you cry. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see you cry. Uh, Last week I was riding in my car and I just, uh, I was just listening to some music and, um, we have a story in our home that, uh, there's a song by Scott Stapp and Creed and it's called arms wide open. If you listen to the words of the song, he's just talking about the first time that he heard his wife tell him that she was pregnant. And it was just this homage that he wrote to his son, you know, about what he was going to do and how he's going to raise him and all that. And both times that I heard that um, we were having Evie and Gabe, um, that song was playing in the background both times. Like it was the weirdest thing. And so that became our song, our family song. And it, it was playing last week. And man, I just lost. I was in the truck, and I just I just started bawling. So I'm glad nobody could see me snotting all over myself. But yeah, me and you, me and you are like the antithesis of each other. Like I cry any moment in front of anybody. I don't care. I don't think I've ever seen you cry. I saw you. I've seen you tear up, but I've never seen you get. I I don't cry. That's the weird thing about it. Like I I cry. You know, like I'll cry at uh, Legends of the Fall. You know the movie Legends of Fall. How do you Brad not Pitt. cry? Well, yeah, like anything with brothers or oh. a, a father son, like a movie, I'll cry. But like funerals, I don't cry. Weddings, I don't cry. And I got a feeling I'm gonna be bawling at this one. So my brother's actually doing the wedding, and um, he is. Uh, he was talking to him last week, and he started crying. You know, while he was on the phone with him, and so I think once I see him start crying, you know, I'll start crying, and uh, it's going to be a bloodbath after that. So yeah, I'm going to take pictures. Too. <laughs> <laughs> too bad I'm off all social media. But. Yeah, you'll 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 get back on just for that. Well, uh, hey guys, we got some special news as well, and I'm getting ready to introduce our special guest. But if you get an opportunity, go check out uh, i uh, Apple iTunes apps as well as Google Play apps for the man up god's way community app uh, it is a new app that came out last week and we're really excited about it so get it download it and um, we are pr- praying for a platform that christian men can go feel safe and uh, and create community with each other so uh, without further ado uh, man i am excited to have my brother from another mother mr jeff vote how you doing brother how you man Man, I am I am living the dream, buddy. Oh, I know it. I know. I can't it. believe I get paid for doing what I do. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? You get uh, you get all this uh, 
yeah, you get get paid to preach the gospel and uh, disciple men and uh, just raise a family and all of that, man. Um, so you are the founder of Cape Time Ministries. Uh, you and I have been friends for going on now ten years, and uh, I'll tell yeah. the I'll tell the story of how we met later on. But uh, to, tonight, man, I just want I want to you know give you this platform. I want you to share what's uh, what's on your heart, what's uh, going on at Cape Time Ministries. Um, you know, how it all started. So let's start from the very beginning and man, just share your testimony and, uh, we'll work, we'll work it out from there. Yeah. Well, I am, uh, honored, you know, you're one of my, you're one of my heroes in the ministry. I love, um, I wouldn't just come on anybody's podcast. Uh, I believe in you. I believe in man of God's way. Uh, I wear, uh, uh my workout, shirt is my man up god's way shirt amen at the the gym here at oral roberts university where i'm a professor and and uh i just absolutely believe in and love what you do and so it's an honor uh to be here uh i mean that so right back at you uh where where it started for me was at about 10 years old uh my dad my dad met jesus and uh my parents weren't really serving the Lord. And my dad made a, uh, a drastic change. And I saw a man change from not serving Jesus, cussing, doing all kinds of stuff that uh, he wasn't a bad dad. He was involved, but Jesus got a hold of him and shook him up. Mm. And very soon thereafter, I gave my heart to Jesus because Jesus really got a hold of him. And so we, you know, started uh, like every night the church was open. We radically changed. And so from people who did not do church, I mean, my parents could not get enough. I mean, they street witness, they went to Bible study. They, I mean, literally anytime the church was open, I mean, they just fell in love with Jesus and his community. And, uh, Pretty soon thereafter, I had a profound call on my life, uh, was in the mountains of Colorado and got lost and had really an experience, a near-death experience where, um, you know, a little before this near-death experience, I had gone forward and gave my heart to Christ and followed Jesus, but had a profound encounter with him in the mountains of Colorado Mm -hmm. Uh, I got lost and, uh, and should have died, did everything you could, uh, to, uh, get myself killed. And, uh, God miraculously walked me out. And during the walking out as a, as a 12 year old kid here, as a, as a young kid, um, he called me into the ministry. I didn't even know what the ministry Mm. was. And he called me into the ministry. Uh, he, you know, let me know you can't, you can't tell me today. And you couldn't tell me that day. Once he spoke to me, he spoke to me. I heard the voice of God tell me that it would be okay. Uh, I heard the voice of God literally lead me out of there. And, uh, and it meant my life has been different. I knew at that point that he had something special for me. I knew at that point that he, uh, he was really, really real. 
And Jody, I had, um, I got it right here. I had this Gideon Bible. This, it's the same Gideon Bible. In it, I have my dad's writing, January 31st, 1974. This Gideon Bible was the only thing I had on my person. I had it in my little flannel shirt. I had wow. walked away from all my food, water, was was dying and pulled out that that little Gideon Bible and started reading the scriptures that he highlighted about, uh, you know, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Uh, for God so loved the world, he gave his only wow. begotten. You know, I was new right. to this. So I had, you know, the ones that we all know now, and I just started reading those scriptures from this Bible. Right back there, they're highlighted. That's that my dad's highlighter from 1974. And I started yelling out those scriptures. I thought, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out loud. <laughs> and uh, started yelling out those scriptures. Wow. And uh, as a 12-year-old, and God miraculously led me out, uh, I, I walked out, and there's I've been back there you know, 48 more years. I, I, I've kept going back, but there's no way that I shouldn't have died. Wow. You know, one of the most, so what, what I, I was going to say, one of the most exciting things that I've ever uh, been able to witness with you is being up on that mountain and you telling that story, um, you know, of just how, and, and how serious you are when we go backpacking, not to walk away from from the herd. You never walk away. You never get away from the pack and you're very serious about that. And, uh, you know, just having you tell that story of, of why, why you do that and how you ended up on that mountain. And for 48 years, you've been going back every year is just, that's an awesome story. So it's a, uh, what a blessing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, Good advice. God called me there in the mountains of Colorado and I've been doing my best to follow him ever since. Uh, none of us is perfect, right? None of us. Uh, but I've been doing my best to follow him ever since. I love Jesus with all my heart. And it's been a, it's been a great ride. I'll be 60 uh, on June 22nd. And, man, I got a lot of fire in the tank. I want to die with my boots on. Amen. Uh, but that story, uh, that story changed my life. And we've actually made a movie about it. You can go to, you can go to uh, it's on Prime, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's called Mountains and Manhood, and uh, it's been seen by over a million people. And uh, it's you know it's a story that just my story, my son's story, and and uh, told right there in the mountains where it all happened. It's a documentary, uh, and so yeah, that was that was life changing, Jody. And so that obviously then dictated how I handled myself. And I mean, elementary school, I came back and started telling people they were going to hell and, and you know, not everybody appreciates that. I mean, dude, I got a cross. I got a cross. It was like as big as me. I saw a picture of myself the other day. I had a one-way Jesus. I had a jean jacket, a one-way Jesus uh, deal sewed to my jean jacket and a cross. It like looks like it looks like it was a foot long and just, you know, preaching the gospel uh, to my elementary school and you know That's you're gonna great. burn if you don't uh if you don't need this and and so it set me on a different trajectory right and so obviously in junior high and senior high i had a, a different trajectory i i felt that god called me so it kept me from a lot of the stuff that a lot of my friends got into because i i had a profound experience with jesus that mm. you know you can't tell me he doesn't speak you can't tell me 
that the word of God isn't real and alive. You can't, you can't, you just can't tell me that. Right. Because I know what I heard. I know what I experienced. Uh, and he called me to the ministry and here I am 60, 48 years later doing what he said, do you can't take that from me. Right. No, you can't. And, and that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. And for our audience, just so you guys know, I've been around Jeff a lot and I, I see the fire that is still in this guy's belly. When he preaches, he preaches like nobody's business. Like everybody in the audience needs to hear the gospel and he's not ashamed of it. And he goes at it full force um, but you can you can feel the love that's behind him when he speaks it too and so i look up to you man um often when man in preaching and just the way that you're an encourager i've never heard you say one bad thing about anybody and many times when i start griping or something like that you bring it back back to encouragement so it's always been an um just a blessing to me just to be around you man it's it's such a you you like the cave time ministry is, is to, to kindle the hearts of, uh, of men. And every time I'm around you, man, you just fan the flames and it's awesome. Well, yeah. Amen. So you, Thank you, you guys got to stop this love fest and, right now. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the beginning when Jeff was giving That's you all the, those. Man, gifts. it's getting sappy. So, it's getting sappy, Ben. I'm sorry. I remember, I remember I've introduced Jeff at two of them, the man up conferences and every, both times that I've introduced him, he gets up on stage. He's like, Ben, you got to stop that. He goes, how am I going to follow that? You, you can't talk like that. Well, you can't do that to Jody either because his head's swelling every time you speak life into him. So mountains and manhood, I've watched all the way through once, but I've probably been to it five times because all I want to watch is the affirmation circle. Yeah. Uh, like well, I have watched yeah. that scene at least four or five times without watching the rest of the movie. Yeah. We'll talk about that here. Yeah. In a okay. Yeah, Got that, it. yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. I want to, I want Jeff just to, to walk us into that uh, here in just a little bit. Cause that's a, that's a, that's a special, um, very exclusive uh, moment, you know, yeah. for, for a lot of men. And, well, I brought it up because you guys keep affirming each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. So I, I figured it was the right time. Well, this is why, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why that uh, circle yeah, yeah, yeah. is a, a lie because of Jeff. He's just, he's just that kind of guy. I, I tend to be more of rub some dirt on it. And Jeff is more, let's pick them up and lift them up. And I appreciate that. But, uh, so after, after high school, um, you, you know, you're on fire for God. And what did you do after high school? Yeah, well, I, again, I had a pretty profound call to the ministry and, and uh, was raised, my parents, once they met Jesus, we started going to this little Baptist church, First Baptist Church of Lakewood, and they were like, dive into the word, the dispensationalists. I mean, <laughs> our theology was old school. My first Bible was a Schofield Bible. Uh, <laughs> but the preacher there, Pastor Murdoch, caught my attention. He was an exegetical he would break down the word. And even as a 12 year old, he was really, really good. And he sucked me in. Mm. And, uh, so that's, that's the church that we grew up. I grew up in. And then my parents, there was a time where they kind of, they wanted, they wanted more and they heard about, you know, so remember this is the late seventies. Uh, and so the Jesus movement, the Holy spirit was moving in a powerful fashion in our country. And so my parents kind of wanted a little bit more. And uh, so they, they started going to uh, 
a church that was a little more open to the, the things of the spirit. And I, I heard about this guy called Oral Roberts and uh, we started watching Oral Roberts on television. And I saw that he had a university. Wow. And the university looked like something that came out of space, the space, <laughs> you know, <laughs> space odyssey 2001 at the time. And so it's like, it like, I'm like, dude, it looks like that college came out of a science fiction movie. That's awesome. Yeah. So I knew nothing about the curriculum, but I knew that Oral Roberts was a renegade mm-hmm. and he had a really cool looking school. And when I saw the commercial, there were all these great looking young people, especially young ladies, you know? Yeah. And I said, I, I think, I think I, I think I need to do a college visit there. And uh, ultimately ended up going to Oral Roberts University, and uh, then it changed my life. It was uh, academically stout. It was spiritually strong and alive in a crazy time in the history of our country. And uh, so went and went in went in to uh, prepare for the ministry. Felt called to the ministry because mm-hmm. uh, that's what, as a twelve year old, I heard the Lord say, "Do." And so prepared for ministry. Uh, met my amazing wife, Lori, there my senior year. And so graduate with this pastoral studies degree and went into the ministry uh, in 1984. Graduated in 1984 and uh, have been in the ministry in some form or fashion ever since for 38 years. Amen. Been doing exactly what Jesus said to do. Has it been easy? Absolutely not. Would I tell somebody that you should run the other way if you think you're called to the ministry? <laughs> Absolutely. Do something else. Yes. Yes. Unless, unless it's all you can do. Right. And I don't, I, I couldn't do anything else. Yep. I've got to preach the word. I have to impart to men. Uh, I love, I'm a professional. Seven hundred students uh, every every week, several times a week. That's amazing. Different subjects from philosophy to world religions to Christian worldview. I had your beautiful daughter in Christian worldview. And, yes, you did. And uh, I get to do that. I get to do that, and uh, absolutely love it. But I tie it back to that that experience with a twelve year old, and then watching my dad meet Jesus and stay following Jesus until Dad's eighty one now. Oh, and he is spry. He is spry as all get out. Holy cow for 81. Yeah. Out of control. Yeah. So out of control. I think he tried to share the gospel with me one time. He still loves Jesus, man. (laughs) He's all over. (laughs) He wanted to make sure. (laughs) Probably pulled his his oil out, tried to blow you up. He did. Yeah, I did. Rebuke the devil from you. I love every time I, every time I meet him, man, I get a big old hug. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Guy. Well, he always, you always say, make sure you know that, you know, that, you know, that's what he yeah, was trying to do. He was just do. making sure just that I knew. Sure, yeah. Sure. Testing the spirits. Yeah, exactly. So, but, and it's interesting, Jody, go back to, um, our dad, how, how our dad imparts to us. And some of us, you may not have had a dad like I had. So right. Jesus can come into your life heal anything right mm-hmm. however it's important for us to understand man my dad was an encourager he met right. jesus and my dad will encourage life into you my yeah. dad is just 
I didn't feel shamed. I didn't feel, you know, I always felt like I could come and talk to him when I was, you know, growing up. And, and then, you know, the only thing on your mind is, is, is women. And then, and then, you know, I mean, my dad, my dad was able to help me and encourage me. And that's a big deal. The encouragement of a father. And that's why you and I do what we do in men's ministry. We got to build these guys up and yeah, you can, you know, you're uh, very adept at hitting them in the mouth, but, but picking them up and encouraging them, that is a huge deal. And I got that at 12 years old. That's great. Uh, and so I'm 60 and still doing it. Yeah, it's a big deal. That's, that's to know. Yes, it is. It, it really is. So you and Lori got married, um, and you've gone back and got your degree. So you've got uh, three boys and a daughter. And uh, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah. Yeah, so Jacob is uh, 34. Uh, I have Hannah behind him, uh, 30, 31. Now, their mom could tell you exactly how old. I'm close, though. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Uh, Caleb is it's, Caleb it's a is men's. 20, this is a men's Caleb's podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> being close is okay. <laughs> okay, Caleb's 29, and Cody's like 26. Mm-hmm. And all of those ages are really close. Right. Uh, yeah. So we have four kids uh, that love Jesus. Um, they married well. We got uh, four grandkids. Um, yeah, living living the dream. Uh, the the two youngest live in Nashville and they're writing country music and uh, very proud of them. They're they're wanting to serve Jesus in that marketplace mm-hmm. and they're doing really well. Right. Uh, my daughter Hannah is married to Mark Pepin, who is an amazing amazing man, and he uh, is. Uh, works with us at our church, and uh, and then Jacob is uh, he's a carpenter now, and you, you're uh, a co- you know you're yep. you know Jacob's story. He, yeah. Uh, you need to watch you guys watch my mountains and manhood. You'll see that Jacob wrestled with heroin addiction and actually died once and came back to life. And, yep. and uh, so yeah, yeah, life is good. Yeah, I love uh, I love Jacob's story because you know he's. He's the one percenter, you know, that actually got out of that, you know, I mean, that's, that's not an easy drug to get out of. And, uh, just to watch him flourish now, he's got a family of his own and, um, he's he, a, he's a crazy dude. He man. runs like 250 miles. Yeah, he, he's an ultra marathoner yeah. or not. It's not even marathons. He just likes to ultra run is what he does. It, yeah. I'm pretty sure that the heroin Killed a bunch of brain cells, <laughs> and uh, Jesus redeemed him. But there's some brain cells. Yeah, yeah so that didn't that, those didn't get fixed. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's yeah. got no pain receptor. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's crazy. He is. He yeah. But you've got you've got great kids, and you can tell that. You know, one of the things that I always do, you know, when when men um, come into my sphere of influence, you can always tell a man's um, character and his depth of Christianity based on his family. And um, you can tell that not only are they preaching it, but they're also living it out at home. And when they're living out at home, and that's your first ministry, that's what you need to be doing. And um, and it's just a blessing to see and watch your family um, not only be involved in your ministries, but also go out and do their ministries on their own and, you know, marry godly godly people that love jesus as well and man it's just you have uh your your dad um has you know stopped that generational curse 
and it is uh, moved into Amen. moved into your family, into your kids, and uh, your grandkids, for that matter. I, you know, let uh, you know, let everybody know that you're a granddad too. Uh, you got some beautiful yeah. grandkids that love God, and uh, through Hannah and uh, Mark, and it's just. Uh, you can just tell you're the real deal. So, um, that's, uh, that's why I've always loved you. Cause it's always, you can just tell that it, everything that you do, you do it at home as well. And it's not just a show. So, well, we love Jesus it's yeah. because of Jesus and he's the center of our life. Yeah. I love him. I can't talk about him enough. I wish I talked about him more. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed of him. I just don't always talk about him as much as I want. I mean, I get to as a career, but I mean like, right. I want to be that guy like our friend Keith Wheeler that, you know, is, is you're waiting on him at the restaurant because he's leading <laughs> yeah. somebody to Jesus at yeah, yeah. Quick Trip. And I want to be, I really, I do want to be that guy. Yeah. And, uh, but cause, cause I love Jesus, man. I love him. Amen. Amen. So after, after you got married, you had your kids. I know that you were, you know, assistant pastor, you youth pastor for quite a, quite some time. Uh, and then you became a senior pastor and uh, Church 3434 started. Tell us a little bit about Church 3434. Yeah, Church 3434 is about maybe my fifth or sixth ministry stop. And uh, we came June 1st. We will have been there 12 years. And uh, it's kind of in a rough part of town. Uh, it was it was uh, on life support a little bit. <laughs> and the Lord seems to bring us to places that need need somebody that won't be scared off. Right. And my wife and I seem to have been called to places like that. And we met a, a wonderful group of people who had kind of stayed the course there in East Tulsa. And, uh, the Lord just called us there. We started preaching the word. We started loving on the neighborhood and we're not a huge church, but we're a healthy church. Mm. And, uh, we're a church that lives in the text of God's word and, and uh, I promise you, if we weren't there, the people in the neighborhood would be in an uproar because we do a whole lot of good stuff, Jesus, in that in that neighborhood. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, but we've been there. We've been there for 12 years, and and, uh, and so I do that full time. People act. They ask me. They're like, "You have three jobs," and I, <laughs> I don't really have. I wear three different hats. And I'm the cave time guy. I'm a professor, and I'm a a pastor, but I'm a kindler of fire. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm on the planet for. Right. I kindle fire. I wear different hats, but I'm the same. I'm called to do a. I got called as a 12 year old to the ministry. And so, uh, when I put the professor hat on, I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring some fire. I'm going to challenge you academically. I'm going to challenge you to use it in your life. And then I'll go home and prep to preach. And when I step into the pulpit on Sunday, I'm going to preach the word and you mm -hmm. better buckle your seatbelt. Cause I'm going to give you a piece of meat. You don't mess around here. I'm going to give you a piece of meat. We're going to execute it. I may drop a little Greek in there for you. And we may talk about what was happening in the world at the time. And I may chide you a bit and say, if you don't understand that, read a book. Right. Uh, because that's one of the challenges God's given me is to call that out of people. And then the cave time deal. I mean, you and I both, this, this crazy thing's taken me around the world and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, you're living the dream when I can't remember how many times I've been to Ireland, right. our ministry's really taken off in Ireland and we minister to those guys and, and, uh, but all of it doing what I was called to do as a 12 year old at Kendall and fire. Amen. Amen. So do you remember the, 
when Jeff preached here one time, he did a sermon on um, the um, what's the the, the the Good Samaritan? No, no, no. no the, the snake the, crusher? No, the men that serpent crusher. Not that one. Oh, but that's, that's another a good one. Yeah, that's no, one of the my one with the prodigal son. The, oh, yeah. Okay. And so he did it from a perspective that I'd never heard of before. He where he talked about how they did you notice in the story that he didn't clean his son up first before he put the robe on him. Right. He he invited him to the party and we'll get you cleaned up after you join the party. But in that sermon, do you remember when he started right. jumping around on the stage like oh, Tigger? Tigger? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was but but it worked. Yeah. It worked so good. I'm sorry. He, I'm sorry. He, he, he was he, he was talking about how the how, how the dad, the dad was feel. waiting yeah, like for him Tigger, and that yeah. he was like Tigger just <laughs> eagerly waiting. He started singing the song and jumping around on the stage, I, yeah. but it worked, it man. Did, yeah. It did. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been the Holy Spirit moving in you. I've memorized that song. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So you you and I met literally 10 years. I mean, we're going on 10 years. Um, we both wrote a book at the same time. Uh, we were both uh, prostituting ourselves at free conferences um, to the best of our ability. And... <laughs> And, uh, we, we met our, we met each other. It was funny how we met. Cause I had, um, uh, at the time we were homeschooling my older two kids. And so we traveled everywhere together and I was, yeah. I was just starting on the conference circuit and I mean, it just kind of blew up, you know, kind of really quick. I was, wasn't really ready for it, but, uh, I'm promoting my book, pro promoting my conferences. Jeff's promoting his book and his conferences. And my little girl is wearing a man up shirt. And so was my wife. They're, you know, they're wearing Man Up God's Way shirts. And he comes over to our merch table and he starts talking to Evie. And uh, one thing led to another. He and I started talking and we've literally been friends ever since. And uh, it's just been crazy how God worked that out. It's been good. So I'm thankful for it. I think Evie was guiding me about you guys' merch being better than ours. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know that you're surprised that your daughter would do something like that. Yeah. But she was chiding. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. That's funny. I'm like, who who are you, little girl? Wait, wait. That's and uh, it was great. That's was awesome. great. So you you wrote um, you wrote your first book. Um, two thousand was it? Two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Um, 2012 is what yeah, the yeah. 2000. Yeah. Well, I mean, we literally, we almost published on the same, same month. It was so close uh, on both of our books. So tell us, tell us about you. Well, actually, I, I love the story of how you wrote your first book. Tell me how you wrote your first book. How did you come up with the idea? Yeah, that, that, uh, it was kind of a process. I mean, as a youth pastor, I see that, you know, uh, I remember going to court and seeing all these young I was uh, predominantly working in a predominantly African-American community at that time and, and would go to court and it was all these single moms and there weren't a lot of dads. So not, not saying that there aren't, you know, aren't uh, absent white dads as well, but I was uh, in predominantly the black culture at that time and, and uh, just started poking around wondering what is going on here mm -hmm. and begin to see that our culture, every culture has, this, you know, the fathers abdicating their, their place. And so, uh, realized that as a youth pastor, there was only so much I could do 
but maybe I needed to dive a little deeper into this thing. And so um, started started really getting a passion for men's ministry and started leading that at, at our church in addition to youth ministry, which ultimately kind of uh, led into a call back into some advanced degrees, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately using as a doctoral study why why we're losing men and could there be a spiritual, you know, a, a spiritual method that would be something that would draw guys back to their masculinity and their, their, you know, their masculine commitment to Jesus. And at the same time started reading John Eldridge's stuff while at heart fired me up and, and uh, so uh, dived into a doctoral program and used as my, as my thesis and I wonder if we can come up with something that, you know, will, will uh, help guys express themselves as men of God. Right. And at the same time, started going through my own journey of, um, I, I became clinically depressed. I was, you know, I, I not only know the Tigger song, I am Tigger. <laughs> and so, but, but at, at, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't like Tigger myself out of this place. I found myself being very performance oriented. I found myself, the church I was at was doctrinally um, really confused, had some death in our mm. life happen. And then I, I, Jody, I started getting depressed. Right. And so, you know, in the, in the middle of that, I'm like, man, I, I, it, you start to read scripture differently. Yeah. You start to yeah. worship differently. And so I dived into the text of scripture, especially the David and Goliath narrative. I happened to be reading that at the time and I'm like, man, I, I think David went through some of this stuff. He, mm-hmm. he became extremely famous and, and then lost his job. He lost his wife. He, you know, he, he, I, he, I think he has a panic attack runs to the cave. Yeah. And so I saw myself in David, I saw myself. Uh, and so jumped into that and that, you know, kind of led me to the, Oh my gosh, this he's in the cave with all these dudes and, and then they're having cave time. And, and so I just kind of dived into looking at what they were doing there. They showed up, they worshiped, they prayed, they engaged in the word. It was a bunch of men locking shields together. And so myself and some other dudes started to meet and do these things and it worked. I mean, guys' lives were being changed. And so, you know, you've done it. I came mm-hmm. up, it was like a manual first and I did this manual and started teaching guys and, and then the manual turned to a book, and mm-hmm. I I used it as my doctoral thesis, and it was great to not have to explain to the doctoral committee why it didn't work because it worked. Yeah, right. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that was that was in 2011. And then you got your, your here. Pa- we are. We've ten year anniversary edition. Isn't it crazy? Ten years doing this. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm going into yeah. my 19th year as a Christian and my 15th year in ministry and uh it's it's just it just blows me away looking back and like holy cow I made it I've never done anything that long except be married uh and not kill my kids, you know, while they were growing up but <laughs> other, hey, hey uh, Jeff, what what stood out to you about uh, Wild at Heart? And the reason I'm asking is I went to I went there, I went to the conference in in November. I got into that Wild at Heart conference that he does up there in Frazier, and it was life changing for me. But what oh, what yeah. stood out about that book to you? How did it affect you, if you can remember? Yeah, I went as well. I I got 
I got to go to boot camp. Uh, John's middle son, Sam, and my son, Caleb, became buddies. And, and uh, they were like, well, my dad writes men's books. My dad writes men's books. Now, Sam's dad has sold a lot more. And uh, uh, Just a However, uh, so they invited us. They invited us to their conference. And so we didn't have to get in the lottery. And I, I, met, I met John, and I was able to thank him, Ben, for this. You know a book is good when you can remember the thesis. I remember, I can tell you that John Eldridge lit me up when I, when I'm, I, I knew an adventure to live, a battle to fight, a beauty to rescue. Adventure yeah. to live, battle to fight, beauty to rescue. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> That's, man, what? And as you, as you dive into that, you're like, absolutely, God did create me right. to live an adventure, to fight a battle, and to rescue my beauty. And so that, that book, man, that, and he, I've been able to, you know, he just walks out, you saw at his boot camp, and he just talks people through that thesis. And he is, he is, you know, written different derivatives of that, but that thesis has been freeing for hundreds and thousands, millions of us. Yeah. Gave me permission to write what I write and to do what I do. And and that's why we made our movie. We got to see, they made a movie on the premiere night. Uh, that's when we were at boot camp, and um, they, uh, they uh, I, I saw that movie, and I, Caleb and I are driving home from boot camp, and I distinctly heard God say, what if you made a movie? Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't make, I don't make movies, and God's like, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's okay. great. Well, would it be what it would be and the lord and i start having this conversation and he just said tell your story mm-hmm. and so we made a documentary and here we are and it was three years ago a million people had seen it so yeah it's all over yeah. uh, and who would have thought uh but john eldridge that's because of john eldridge all that yeah. stuff yeah. and now we i'm doing videos on right now media and and we get the quarterly reports and tens of thousands every quarter are watching our Bible studies because it's been because of John Eldridge telling me adventure to live battle to fight beauty to rescue fired me up so much that I'm like, man, I can do that too. Wow. That's good. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into your uh, Bible studies cause I, I, I think they're, they're killer. You do, you're doing a great job, but tell us, Go into the uh, five stones of, of your first book. You, you, you whizzed through them really quick while ago, but you know, your premise behind the book is, you know, the five stones, there are five spiritual disciplines that men need to have. And, uh, and yeah. you, you teach them really well. You've done a great job. Um, you know, it's kind of those things that you do implant into men's minds that they remember those five stones, uh, every time they think of cave time. So tell the audience what those five stones are. Yeah, and we got those from, uh, go to 1 Samuel 22, and uh, the right there, you know, verses 1, you can go down to 4, 5, 6, and these guys, number one, they had to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed up with David at the cave when David was running, and guys need to show up. And wherever I talk to guys about that, whether it's uh, in, you know, uh, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Athens, Greece, through an interpreter, they know what I mean when I tell them God made you to show up. And if you're not showing up, you know what I mean. Yeah. So those guys showed up at the cave. The second thing they did 
was uh, they worship. Uh, they worship. I mean, they were speaking God's word, raising their masculine voice. Why do we know that? Well, you can read Psalm 34. Um, I talk about that in cave time, the cave Psalms. They worship. They lifted up their voice on behalf of God there in the caves. The third thing they did was they prayed, and they prayed manly prayers. They didn't pray these weak little, you know, as you go to bed prayers or before food <laughs> prayers. I mean, they they brought it, and they they prayed that God would give them victory. They, you know, rebuked the enemy. They were visceral in their prayers, and so they prayed. The fourth stone is the stone of the word. They engaged in the word. How do we know? Well, the cave Psalms, Psalm 18. Mm-hmm. Look at the, the, you know, I've hidden God's word in my heart, and, and your word is like, your word is like uh, a lightning bolt that's an arrow. I mean, we have all of this kind of language. And so they engaged in the word. And then fifth, uh, they did it together. They mm-hmm. were a band of brothers who, uh, who locked shields and were helping each other live well. And so those five, those five disciplines hit me in the face. And then, and then I thought, well, if, if, if they work, they've got to be things that Jesus did. And so ultimately, you know, the Bible's not about David, it's about Jesus. Amen. And so those disciplines we look for in our Lord and he did all of them and so many more, Mm -hmm. but Jesus, the ultimate show up guy, Jesus, uh, it was, he was a worshiper, wasn't he? Yeah. Jesus prayed till he sweat blood. Jesus was the word who quoted the word. Come on, can't get no help in here. Amen. <laughs> and then number five, Jesus, Jesus knew what it was to gather, right? He always had somebody with him yeah. to gather a group, and he's changed the world, and we're sitting here on this crazy podcast tonight because of Stone 5 and Jesus' life. Amen. Amen. Well, I have watched um, this work in... You know, whether it's the Cape Time USA, you, you see guys come from all over the world to, to those conferences and they all know the five stones. They've got their group. They've got their men that they banded together, that they're locking shields with, that they build a wall for their daughters. Like you've got all of this. Um, you, it's 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 uh, in, ingrained in these men that you've been teaching. And it's a beautiful thing to see. I mean, I just it's just awesome to watch them grow. Uh, like that and they become a part of the ministry and you've really encouraged them to make sure that they become a part of cave time and uh, take ownership of it and um, that that cave time book started it all and you you you've uh, you've definitely built a great ministry around it that's for sure it's uh it's really cool to see because uh, yeah it, every time everything you know because we cross paths all the time uh just because we're both in men's ministry and it's always like oh you know jeff oath yeah i know jeff oath oh that's one of the best ministries out there and uh you know it's just really cool to see uh see men how many men you've impacted uh with that so you went from cave time you tell them i've been stealing your ideas for 10 years right? yeah exactly <laughs> well they, they, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun as solomon would say <laughs> uh heck no dude i i trust me i steal all your stuff too so um but uh so what's what's the next book you wrote a sling i believe um, yeah, so after sling. that i wrote a book called uh yeah, de- defending the feminine heart. Okay, and uh, it we're going to change that name. I've purchased all the rights now. It was originally entitled the Wall. Okay, 
uh, or a wall for his daughter. So we'll change it. But defending the feminine heart uh, has to do with not objectifying women. Uh, we see, you and I both see in men's lives, yeah. where they lose their authority. Revelation chapter 2 says that literally where men lose their authority is their sexuality. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you check that out, I just want to encourage you as men, check out Revelation chapter 2. And it said, and there will be a time where men of God would sleep with Jezebel. And so literally Jezebel was one who dominated Ahab, who literally stole his masculinity. He gave it to her. And so we're living in a time where uh, guys are giving away their sexuality. They are compromising with porn. They're compromising. And when you do that, you lose your authority. That's what Revelation chapter 2 talks about. But it says this, if you stay strong and you stand against that spirit of Jezebel, God will give you authority in nations. Mm. And I'm here to say that when you stand strong against that sexual intimidation, the sexual spirit that tries to steal your authority, God will promote you in nations. I can't, Amen. I've forgotten how many trips I've taken all over the world now, telling men about the things that we're talking about here, because we just refuse to compromise. Amen. Uh, and so that book, that book encapsulates that, that we have, we have to treat women as the daughters of the king that they are right. and not objectify them. And so that's the second book that I wrote. And that's, that's helped a lot of guys and brought deliverance to a lot of guys in regards to their sexuality. Yeah, it has. And, and we both see it quite often is where, you know, that man has lost his voice. He has lost his heart and he's you know, just walking in the door like a beaten dog and he doesn't, you know, and, and it's not that he's supposed to be lording over his wife. He's supposed to be serving her and protecting her and uh, helping her be secure. And they feel like they can't do that. And the next thing you know, they're so depressed and down and uh, they just, they just can't understand. And then, then they start lashing out in the wrong ways. Uh, instead of having conversations, they're having arguments right. and screaming and yelling and, um, they, yeah. they just don't understand how to do that. Um, so before we get into the two books, so we both started 10 years ago. Let me ask you this. If you were to take out the people that you know that you've discipled, um, that you've reached, that you've seen grow, all that kind of stuff, do you think, do you think society's gotten um, better or worse over the last 10 years? In regards to... Oh, culture, what, society's got... Yeah exponentially worse yeah yeah and it's crazy just in 10 years from when we were started you know 10 years ago the things that we were talking about compared to the things that i i that we're having to deal with now for for me anyway yeah yeah okay now do i think i feel i feel more effective than ever right uh i've honed and i know you have as well uh, we've honed our message mm-hmm uh, we're even working on honing that better. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to work on our funnel so I can find those guys that are my guys, right? Right. Because there are man up God's way guys. There are cave time guys. Right. There are guys that that double dip, you know, or triple dip, quadruple. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Right. Uh, but you know what I'm saying, and there are those of us out there who are honed. You, uh, I, I feel like we've honed our message better than ever before. Yeah. But culturally, our culture is imploding. Yes. Uh, which means that uh, men are looking 
So I'm feeling more effective than ever, but culture is, uh, culture's worse and imploding, which doesn't surprise me. Right. Yeah, exactly. If, is there anything that you would add to, I know you just uh, did a revision on cave time. Um, is there, is there anything that you added that you weren't talking about 10 years ago? Yeah. Rhythm. Okay. Uh, I have a whole chapter. It's my, that new book is worth it for the chapter on rhythm. Um, so what I did was I looked at things over the last 10 years that I'm like, okay, what, what's made this work? What, what maybe, uh, could we have done better? And understanding what we call cave rhythm. Don't let the rhythm of culture steal your masculinity. You, you set the rhythm. Mm, that's good. Uh, and there are some things we talk about in cave rhythm about, you know, understanding, you know, being the master of your time, taking the bull by the horns and quit complaining. We've got several things that I would really encourage that that book is worth it for that chapter. And the sec, the second thing we added, I put a whole chapter about my, that my kids who are now adults wrote. Okay. So they get to say what they've seen and what they're doing. And you mentioned it earlier. That's huge. Uh, if it's not happening in a guy's house. Yep. But so those two chapters, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty proud of those two new additions. So I think we added three new chapters in rhythm and cave sons and daughter is another chapter that I'm really, I'm really proud of for the kingdom. That's great. That is awesome. So after, um, defending the feminine heart, you wrote, um, is it slingers? Is that what you, is that the next one or the sling? That was, uh, yeah, the sling, that was uh, actually, that's a book that, um, it's got out of print and okay. it was one that I wanted to make as an addendum to cave time. Okay. And so really the cave time extended. So yeah, we don't, we, our ministry cave time doesn't even offer that one anymore. Okay. Uh, we just wrote a second one. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So I think it may still be with uh, my original publisher. It may still be uh, available through them, but, uh, yeah. Got it. Awesome. So what do you have coming in the horizon or on the horizon? I should say. Yeah. So after that was a little book I wrote called why Lewis is just a, a primer. My, part of my scholarly endeavors are the works of CS Lewis. Everybody quotes him. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to find out why. And so I've become a bit of a, a Lewis geek. You're never a Lewis expert when there's so much written right. on what, so I would never call myself a Lewis expert, but I probably know more than most guys. And uh, so got a chance to live at his estate uh, off of the campus of Oxford there and um, wrote a book, wrote a book on, on him that's, that's uh, been kind of, was kind of a fun thing to do. Right. And so uh, that has come out uh, uh, and it's, it's done real well for us. Uh, after that, uh, wrote hey, one called real a quick, thousand more amen. Yeah. Real quick before you yeah. go, go into a thousand more amens. Cause, um, I, I hope you haven't trademarked that because I've been using that phrase quite a bit, uh, a thousand more amens, but, um, <laughs> what, what did you, ahead, uh, dude, I, it's funny. Every time I pray at church after churches and, and, and all God's people said, amen, a thousand more, um, what uh, what did you learn? All right, we'll start selling that book for me too. Then yeah, there you go. <laughs> Make exactly. that book available. Okay, we will. Um, 
what uh, what did you learn about Lewis? I told you that I you know I started back to school going to I call it cemetery um, school because it's going to kill me. <laughs> but um, what did you learn about Lewis that you didn't know that kind of just you know set you on fire a little bit more for him? Yeah, the uh, thing I love about him is he if you go and you know you you, you think somebody that that's famous he's still Jody. Mere Christianity sells a million copies a year. Oh my God! And he's been dead since 1963. That's crazy. So and that's a good book that'll too. That'll show you the impact. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. dude. Yeah. So there's got to be something. The thing that I love about him, though, his house, the kilns, isn't this huge, you know, castle like. It's just you're like this was just a regular dude. That's what I love about it. Right. He was just like a regular dude that's one of the most brilliant apologist intellects uh you know at least in western history right uh that but was just a regular dude that's what i appreciate that this profound intellect and apologist but just a regular guy which gives us all hope right amen so when (laughs) i when i was at beg's conference this uh past week they've got a bookstore in his church that is like a library Mm -hmm. and there's two people that have their own sections c.s lewis and charles spurgeon oh no kidding so c.s lewis has his own section Uh, that's great (laughs) that's great yeah Yeah. Yeah. everybody needs to know yeah Yeah. everybody needs to read mere christianity because that's that's one of those that makes you look at your own walk to think oh my gosh am i Am I even doing what God wants me to do? Oh, I think that every week on this podcast. <laughs> every, every time we meet week. somebody. So, and I love the way this podcast has has uh, has evolved because it used to be up until this week, it was always this guest on that made me think to myself, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, yeah. Now I've got a guest on who not only him, but his kids make me think, what are you doing <laughs> with your life, life dude? <laughs> <laughs> can yeah. we get like a type b personality yeah, yeah, on here we need to just get grab somebody <laughs> off the street and talk talk oh, to him yeah it's ridiculous yeah exactly well this dude uh, he's spitting he's i spitting know he fire, is i've been know, around him enough you know how he is yeah yeah exactly so one of the things real quick one I'm of the just, things mom, i think i think i probably i probably uh have add or adhd and my mom, my mom, I probably should have been medicated as a child. And my mom just, because I asked her before she went to heaven, I said, do you think, do you think I had ADD? She goes, no, honey, you just had an active mind. <laughs> and uh, I, still, I still have an active mind. I don't require a lot of sleep. And man, and like, like we talked about, I just want to go out and die with my boots yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. And, and you will. You're, um, I pray for you often because, you know, there are very few men who finish well. And, uh, I pray that that's, that is yeah. you and your ministry that you finish well. So, um, what, uh, Thank okay. You. I pray for that. Amen. Amen. So what about uh thousand amens? So tell us about that book, man. So back when I did make social media posts, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to put some really great stuff out there. I mean, it really was, I would work hard on, I would do these prayers. Right. I mean, 10 back, probably 10, 12 years ago, 
and uh, you know, all the way up to just you know uh, uh, the last couple of years. And an idea hit me. I'm like, I need to capture that stuff. And in the academic world, we have these guys called TAs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I have, I have, I, I have become pretty adept at identifying them. And I hired them. I've got a couple that actually now work for me at the church. But one of them, uh, I pitched to him. I said, "Hey, uh, how would you like to make a little money?" And he's like, "Sure, Doctor Voth." I said. Uh, how would you like to be an editor? He went, absolutely, Dr. Both. I said, how would you like to do that with me? Because I love to. And so what, what we did was I had him go back 12 years or 10 years, and I said, I need you to get the best posts from the last decade. Oh, that's great. And then we're going we're gonna to do a one-year devotional. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a scripture that supports that great thought. Because if it's a great thought and the scripture doesn't support it, it's done. Right. So, and so uh, he did that and he found, and I said, then what we'll do is we're going to tack on to the end of that. Amen. And a thousand more. Amen. Cause I started saying that about five, six years ago, I started saying that. Yeah. And so we, he did that. We went about 300 and actually 300 and, 66 posts and then came up with spiritual formation exercises to go with that thought and that scripture. And we do amen and a thousand more amens. And I did a piece on the front of that on the amen because Jesus calls himself the amen. Right. And we have sucked the life out of amen. Amen really just means let's eat. (laughs) <laughs> and it's supposed to mean so much more than that. Right. And so, right. yeah, we, uh, and it, it, Jody, I have gotten more, uh, more action <laughs> and that thing. People are responding to that more than anything I've ever written. That is awesome. Oh, praise God, dude. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> and I worked hard on those other books, right. but yeah. thousand more events. I get every day. Somebody's like, Man, you wrote that for me. I'm like, well, here's the really humbling thing. I read it today, wrote it seven years ago, and it read my mail. So the Lord read my mail through me. So that really lets you know how that's extremely humbling. Right. Oh, that is great. That is great. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, society... Yeah, society is such a, uh, you know, you got three minutes to grab their attention. And uh, those are probably just perfect, you know, sit down, read them really quick and they don't have to, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's impactful because they're just looking at that one thing. Uh, and they don't have to read a whole book and try to figure out the whole book. I mean, we're starting to see people not read books nowadays and, um, it's, it's getting worse and worse as, as society gets crazier and crazier. It's a TikTok world now. And I'm, I tried to get on TikTok and it, I had to get off that, that crazy stuff. So anything after a thousand amens? As far as books go? Yeah, we got one that, uh, yeah, it's been cool. We got, it's uh, called Jesus is the Thesis. And it's a, uh, uh, a Christocentric apologetic. So it's probably uh, an entry-level academic work for college freshmen, sophomore, junior, uh, that helps to see that really the point of every book in the Bible is Jesus mm. in some form That's or fashion. Good. 
Yes. So myself and a young man that, that was one of my students years ago, he's now in his second master's and, and uh, going to get a doctorate, Professor Josh Beck. Uh, he and I are writing that together and that uh, we have to get the manuscript to the publisher uh, July 1st. Okay. So it'll be out awesome. sometime uh, in the year or, yeah, but it's, uh, I'm really, I'm excited about it. Great. So that's great. Yeah. See, Ser see if we can do it. Is Serpent Crusher based? Yep. And so I'm, I'm really excited. So that's less academic. It's, it's, uh, not, not as, not nearly as many, if any citations, it's right. just a fire you up, crush the devil's head kind of book and i really uh i really wanted to write one like that that is awesome yeah that'll be good because that sermon is it's off the charts that's <laughs> that what, so good yeah that's one of my favorite <laughs> favorite sermons that you've done hey jeff that and the good samaritan just real quick because <laughs> it popped into my mind jeff what is that psalm that you read uh where it talks about uh putting you over your, psalms 34 is that it is yeah. that i wrote it down earlier but i didn't know yeah, if that psalm, was that's the one. psalm one yeah, it's Psalm 144. Oh, 44. Yeah, 144. Uh, praise be to the God who trained my hands for war, my fingers yeah, yeah, for battle, yeah, yeah, yeah. my loving God, my fortress, my stronghold. Yeah, and he orders people under me. It's right there, yeah, 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 one yeah. through three. Yeah. And that's how you actually pray. Yeah, I love that. You pray that, you prayed that over your church. Is that correct? Is that how you? For years. For years, yeah. My church, my family, for years, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. So I've had the opportunity. You can use it, though, Ben. You yeah. can use it, Ben. It's my song, but you can use it, buddy. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Friends in high places, baby. <laughs> That's great. Jeff, also, just real quick, you look like you've lost a little weight. And not that you ever, like, were fat or anything, but it looks like in your face and in your shoulders you've dropped some poundage. True? Optical illusion. Optical illusion. <laughs> All smoke so, and mirrors. I, you know what? I, I probably I probably lost just a little bit because I need to carry less up the mountain for the backpack this year. Got it. That's great. So, so I have lost a little bit. This is that time of year where I try to. Awesome. So let's uh let's go to the mountains. Um this is uh something that you've been doing. You've you've you do one of the fourteeners, um, a couple of them actually every year and you've been doing this since you were 12 years old and um it's been an opportunity for you just to go up and not only talk with god but as you got older to take your kids and your boys and to just show them the way and then over the last um what was it, about six or seven years you've been taking a group of guys up um quite often so tell us tell us how that all started 
Yeah, so I need to make sure because people call me out. Um, so one of the 14ers, Mount Evans, uh, is we go we go up there, and I've been up there once. And it was so difficult that I've not gone back up there. I stay at the lake where you've stayed at. Right. And I point to those guys. If they go that way, <laughs> Mount Evans is up there. So I want to make sure everybody understands. That well, I don't. Yes, I have yeah. been up there. Yeah. I don't do it. Yeah, anytime, anytime I tell anybody about my mountain um, trip, I just say 14 or I don't say that we camp at 11,000. So, <laughs> that a boy. Yeah. So, yes, I have been to the foot of uh, 14ers for many, many years. Right. Uh, but the trip, yeah, kind of got it, it kind of has taken on its own life. I started taking groups when I was a teenager, took, took buddies, and then I'd take several more, and then my youth pastor, I would kind of be their guide and come back every summer after college and then take youth groups. And I can't, I've lost count of how many people we've had up there. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, yeah, it's been, it's been Jody. I've probably taken groups up for 30 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I didn't know it was that long. I knew you'd been like off and on, but I knew just the trip itself had just started over the last few years where you're just taking guys up and just really pouring into them. But that's cool to know. I'd forgotten that. So you've been taking those up for 30 years. All right. So, um, so this is, uh, we talked last year, um, that this is going to be your last year that you're going to do, um, the mountains. Is yeah. that still the, is that still the plan? Yep, man, we're done. Uh, my sons know I'm, I'm tapping out and, uh, now I'll be the guy down at the blue river. I got a, I recently just got a great new truck <laughs> and it'll pull, it'll pull a trailer. So I'm going to get one of those cool little teardrop trailers. There you go. Awesome. And, and I'll go, I'll go, but all the young guys, they, they can go. And so what I'll do is pray with them, you know, uh, point to the go that way. And I'll be down here fishing for rainbow trout, fly fishing right here by the river. Yeah, that's going to start this year. That's great. <laughs> well, that's great. The question that I have, so I do this, uh, I've done this with my brother, um, and we go into the immigrant wilderness, and it's the time that I have man like when i've talked to god it's been in the wilderness and so my question is if you're not going anymore um how long before that hunger and we got to throw you on a horse or a pack mule and get you out there to where <laughs> uh, to where you get that feeling again um because it's like the hunger when i miss a year um and it's been i've missed two um to the last two years and i'm going uh, in june um there's a hunger to get out in the wilderness away and uh, to hear his voice. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see how long you last. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be on the trip. I'll just be at base camp. Yeah. Uh, so I will be there so that I can breathe that mountain air, um, that sense of adventure. I'm a duck hunter, so I get out there in the fall, and I'm out in the swamp with a bunch of crazies before the – sun comes up throwing decoys out and uh so yeah the sense of adventure i i don't think i'll ever get away from that it's just mm-hmm. i mean you know you're a young guy but when you when you go up to 11 12,000 feet 13,000 feet mm-hmm. the 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 
the work that it takes to get in shape mm-hmm. at 60 years old is just really, really tough to keep in that kind yeah. of shape. And yeah. you got to carry your own weight. I live at sea level. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm at I you know Oklahoma's sea level. Yeah, exactly. So when <laughs> I was noticed the last few years, I'm like, what? Yeah. So when I went to Fraser to go to Wild at Heart, it's like nine thousand feet is all yeah. it is, dude. <laughs> I was huffing yeah. and puffing. Dude. Yeah, yeah, it gets you. You know what I'm saying? You, you I, I was around. A, mark, I was yeah. around a bunch of cabins. It's not like we were hiking in the mountains. <clears throat> But it's a it's a huge difference. I think a lot of times, like I've been, I've driven from Silverton to Durango. Right. I've been through the Rocky Mountains that way. But you're driving, so yeah. you can say, "Hey, I'm up fourteen thousand, whatever it is, twelve thousand right. feet there or something." But you drove up there. Yeah, exactly. You didn't like walk up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't hike up. Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> so I, I've gone on the last three years and had to privilege of just going with all you guys I about died last year so um i'm probably not gonna make it this year yeah so uh um i've i've really prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it there there was a time last year because i get altitude sickness Mm. and i i i I toughened i I, you know the last two times i was like i'm going i don't care i'm gonna go with my boys and it's just a sweet time with them and all the guys that go and everything. But last year I didn't get out of, out of my tent. I only peed twice the whole time I was up there. Uh, were we up there four day, three day, three nights and four days or something like that. Yeah. And, um, when I'm telling you what Jody Burkeen, Jody Burkeen, everybody needs to know this. This dude is tough for him to do what he did. If he wanted to be with his sons and be sicker than a dog, um, you are a tough man. There's some other names that I would love to use. Yeah, for I, was you. Going- <laughs> I can't because I'm sure it's a fan. But you are one of those. No, I think I, I, I don't know if it's tough or pride, stu- stupid. Pride and the love of his two sons. Yeah, pride. Hey, uh, Jeff, I asked Paul that when he, you know, he went last year yeah, right yeah, so paul when paul year. got back i said paul did you have fun he's like yeah and and i'm like are you going again and he shook his head no, no i know yeah <laughs> he said it was tough it sucked last year because you know i took my youngest son and he's um he was 10 last year and jeff was like man i you know i really don't know if you should do it and i was like man my son he's tough and i know that he could t- paul's got he's got all kinds of abs and muscles and all that kind of stuff, the little guy and then gabe's gone a couple times and but you know what sucked last year is it was so cold and it rained the whole time we couldn't have a fire and uh i was sick literally the second i'm not kidding as soon as we put our tent up i was done i was just out i didn't eat the whole time i'd lost 15 pounds and i gained that plus back you know (laughs) plus another 15 after i got off the hill but uh um so so the, the the trip is you know it's what is it five miles in or seven miles in something like that from 9,000 feet? We, about, about seven miles in. And, yeah. yeah. So we start at 9,000 yeah, feet. You start at 10, five. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually there at Echo Lake. You started, that's 10,000 feet. Okay. So you start at 10,000 feet. Then, and you, then you drop down to 8,000 and then back up to yeah, 11,000. Then you drop down and you go up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's, that's the, uh, I'll never forget. So we did echo Lake and then Evans and then echo Lake, you know, every other year. And so echo Lake is the very first time I, I did it. Um, 
So you you go on these switchbacks. You literally just you, you start at ten five. You go on these switchbacks all the way down to this valley, and this valley then goes up to where we're actually going to start camping. And uh, and man, it's just a grind all the way up. Well, coming down, it's like kind of easy until you hit those freaking switchbacks. And yeah. It's like oh my gosh, we got two thousand feet to go up, and it feels like a hundred miles, and it's the longest yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah. But I did I did okay. Um, you know, getting there is not too bad. And, uh, as long as I, I got so sick, but, uh, so, you know, it's just such great camaraderie, Jeff, what you do with, you know, you, you take a lot of young guys, you know, you and I, we had everybody aged out by about 25, 30 years, um, that went with us, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, you, you take these guys up there and, and, and to be honest, you're, you're kind of a father figure, um, you know, to these guys. And so you're up there, you're telling them what to do, what not to do, how to do it, you know, just so they don't ever have to experience what you experienced, um, when you were 12 years old. And then throughout the week, you know, he's just, we're sitting there, we're drinking coffee, we're having hot meals and, uh, these, I call them MREs, but these, you know, uh, dry, uh, dehydrated packs and putting hot water in them. We're just sitting talking and, you know, they're fishing and they're running around getting wood and just keeping all this stuff. And man, there's just this, this great community that's going on up there. And then you can just see Jeff, uh, planting seeds and he's, you know, laying out scripture and we have some great theological and deep talks. And then, um, at the end of that, Jeff, why don't you tell us like what happens, uh, as we get ready to go down the mountain the day before. Yeah, it all builds towards the affirmation circle, and Ben was Ben was uh, alluding to that. Um, mm-hmm. That's the last part of the movie, and um, it's like everything builds to that, and it's the last night. And um, what we do is we go around the horn, and every guy has three guys look at him in the eyeballs and impart to him and say something to him that God puts on their heart, and. Uh, it's epic. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, man, if you could bottle that and the, 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 the issue is you can't bottle that. It's yeah. like, you have to, you know, go through what you went through. You're, you know, you're just describing how you felt and the switchbacks when it feels good and then not. It's a great metaphor for life, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. And that's, that's what then the affirmation circle, you're like, Whoa, I, you know, and every time, and I've been doing this for years, when I have, you know, guys say, man, that just, that goes right to your heart when yeah. somebody affirms you and speaks over you. And, and it's, uh, it's epic. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. I Ben, I'm glad Ben wasn't there. Cause I did cry all three times that I was in the affirmation circle. Cause yeah, I, I would I, too I, though. Yeah. It's, it's did, it, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. It was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> I made. I bet it was. I bet it was. See, I make fun of him crying, but I I cry all the time. I tear up all the time. So, but it's just funny because he never does. And I see sometimes you see that he's trying not to. Yeah. So what I learned from the affirmation circle is this. What I learned from the affirmation circle from watching on mountains and manhood was this: is that you know as guys. we, we like to bust each other's chops a lot. Mm-hmm. We, we make jokes about each other. We're playing mm-hmm. pranks on each other, this, that, and the other. And um, it's, what, what it's, there, was a, there was one kid that Jeff spoke to in that video 
and Jeff said things to him like, you know, you're second to nobody, you know, this, mm. that, and the other. And you just saw this kid. You could literally yeah. see him just puff up like a bullfrog yeah. as Jeff was like speaking life into him. Yeah. And I, I watched that movie and, and from then on I made a decision that I was, I mean, I still bust chops, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm trying to do better with like speaking life into men, yeah. my friends and, yeah. and things like that. That's what really, really stuck out to me. And then another thing that stuck out to me from the movie is just what you said earlier, where he's always given direction. Yeah. I remember when his boys in the, in the group was getting ready to go up that mountain that yeah. he's talking about. He's only made it once. And he told them, listen, yeah, you got the rain's going to move in about 2 PM or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. And he said, you guys will be back here by this time. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. We got it. He's like, are we clear? Do you understand? And sure enough, they were back they on were time. Back, but, yeah. Like they knew he wasn't, they knew he was serious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's really good. You see, and that's like that every year. Yeah. You know, they, these young kids. But I think what's cool about the affirmation circle, Jeff, is, you know, you, you're right. You have, you know, 15, 20 guys that are up there and they're all just, you know, this moment of time where they haven't heard something good. Uh, just spoken into their life and um the next day man it's just it's just a different day like go walking down the mountain and the, nobody's tired everybody's excited we're going to bojo's is it bojo's or joe Bo bojo's yes sir uh, Bojo. bojo's Bojo. pizza we, we've been eating the bojo's yeah, yeah, did i yeah. tell you about bojo's pizza? No, he's he's he mentioned it they three, go there a lot three pound year. and five pound pizzas yeah. that's all they have and you and, just tear oh it Oh, my gosh. You just tear it. And they've got these big old uh, crusts. I mean, I'm not kidding. They're ham hocks is what they are. There's a big old crust. You eat the pizza. Then you got this crust. And then they got honey at the table. And you dip the crust in the honey. Oh, my gosh, man. I may have to just come for for. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> exactly. <Woo. laughs> So, um, it, yeah, it make me want to go get a snack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're going this year and, um, have you got, are you booked? Do you got to have everybody booked? Yeah, we got, um, and it, it was interesting. My sons came to me and they're like, dad, could it be just us this year? Oh, and so praise God. It, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Okay. So it was, it's us, uh, my son-in-law. Um, of course, Mike Allsteel, and then Douglas, the, That's the great. sheepdog. Douglas is uh, going. That's great. He'll be yeah. there, but he's got real. Yeah, so it'll be good to finish like that. That'll be good. You ought to hire you some Sherpas just to take your stuff up there so you don't have to carry it all and then send them back down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was training, training on a hill the other day, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. This is yeah, you, uh, you may just go. I need a Sherpa. Yeah, I was gonna say you just may go up with one set of clothes, one pair of underwear, sock, nothing else. You know, yeah. Well, luckily you got three, uh, three strapping boys. That I'm not kidding, dude. These kids, and I say kids, they're on their twenties now, but they take off running up these hills. Yeah. Seventy pound rucksacks, they're running up the hill, and then uh, Shippy, your uh, is that your cut? Is that your uh, nephew? Oh. Shippy, is he your nephew? It's a cousin. It's like oh, a second cousin. Second cousin. He's a mountain guy. So he's he's like Jacob. He does. Um, didn't he did a marathon on a mountain last year? Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so he went. It was an eight yeah. eight thousand to to fourteen thousand um, twenty six miles. Yeah. So back and forth. 
This it's is what's not right. No, that's not that's right. Not right. That's what this kid did. So he did a 26 mile <laughs> marathon, 8,000 to 14,000 back and forth till he did 26 miles. Um, but he would come up, he'd be like, oh, I'll just see y'all up there, you know, cause he lives there. And, uh, he said, I'll just come up in the morning and come see you guys. And I'll just go back down the next, you know, that afternoon or whatever. He just runs up, <laughs> takes yeah. him an hour and a half to get there. Like it, we're, it takes us what, you know, five hours to, 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 <laughs> to yeah. walk that yeah. he's up there in an hour and a half. Wow. So it's crazy. Um, but yeah, man, you've, you've built a, an amazing, uh, legacy, with what you've done and uh man i'm honored that uh, uh just to watch that just to have been a part of it and i think that's really cool that you're just gonna go with the boys this year that's really cool that's awesome yeah well we're glad to have you well glad it, you made it it's it's been awesome and i thank you for uh letting me into that so um cave time usa what's going on uh what's going on there tell us a little bit tell the tell the audience what cave yeah, time usa so is and tell us what you got going on. Yes, that's been, we started that, man, that may be 10 years ago. And there were events that we've had that uh, from all the different spots we were, uh, we went to all over the country. And at the apex, maybe 500, we would have them at Camp Dry Gulch. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we saw over the years um, that the numbers dwindle a bit. And uh, to try to keep, I mean, we kept, the level of the event was, uh, I don't felt dip and it was really, really, really hard work. Yeah. Uh, but what our last one, I don't know that we're, uh, we're just going to wait. I'm not sure when our next cave time USA will be because we've seen that the videos that we're doing, uh, IE with right now media and, and some of the things we're doing, we're able to reach many, many more through video and then, um, we're going to just kind of hand pick God's put something on our heart called fire and 50. And we would like to do a cave time event at some, some point in all 50 States, Amen. uh, over the next seven years and create some fire and 50. And we have now a bunch of video content that can follow up. And we have our own video platform in addition to right now media that we're just, we can reach so many more than we can with those live events. That, and so yeah. we're, we're not saying never, but nothing, uh, nothing in the near future, uh, that, you know, we have to report that would be a cave time USA event. We are doing some stuff in different States. Got a call from Kodiak, Alaska the other day. Oh, wow. Uh, that, nice. that would be a, a whole lot of fun. And the cool thing was it was a guy that was watching our, mountains and manhood deal on right now media wow and uh reached out yeah yeah so that's created a cool funnel for us the people in all all the states watching and and so i think maybe that's what we'll end up doing instead of a cave time usa event never that's, say never but yeah exactly yeah we're not it's crazy how the um the speaking engagements man they just fell off i mean covid didn't help but i mean they didn't they were starting to die off yeah um, you know, 18, 19, 2018, 2019, right before all that, that I thought, man, I thought 2020 is going to be the year we're going to pick back up and get back into the speaking stuff. And you know, that all stopped pretty quick. Uh, thanks to COVID. Yeah. I did more in 2019 before COVID than I, 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 I was just tired. I had yeah. done more, uh, 
you know, with preaching every week and doing that and coming back, I, I just, yeah. And then it just dropped off. Yeah. So, which to be honest with you, uh, the video man for us video and now picking certain, you know, this group of guys that saw this video and they're like, would you come and yeah. you bet we'll yeah. come to Kodiak yeah. or you bet we'll come to, you know, got a cool group that's kicking up in Arizona and, that we can pick those as opposed to, you know, just trying to push everybody to run in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There for a while, we were both taking just about anything we could get. It seemed like. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. So, um, uh, Oh, that brain cell just died. There was, I was going to ask you something. Um, Oh, COVID. Um, how did, uh, how did things go at the church? during uh during covid what did you guys end up doing march of 2020 how did you guys fare through all that yeah we took we took two weeks and did uh it was hilarious we did facebook live and my son who'd been telling me for about a year and a half dad you've got to go online you've got to do streaming you know i can set you up and i'm like no dude no no, no i don't want to do that well so in two weeks he had us up and we started streaming and we didn't miss a beat. So we, we opened the doors and, uh, never, ever had a mask mandate. Right. Uh, and so that's just, that's just the way we rolled and opened up the doors and, uh, anybody that wanted to wear a mask could go upstairs. And so we had a, a mask only zone upstairs and then downstairs. Um, you know, we had to do the, the distancing and stuff right. like that. And then ultimately we're like, you know what? We're done. <laughs> yeah. That's and what so, we did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was great. It was great. Um, church stayed strong and, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, you know, giddy up. That's we're great. not the biggest church. We're not the smallest church and we're gritty and we show up and get it done. And, and, uh, yeah, I love what we're doing. That's great. Oh, good. Yeah, we we had a, a little struggle there at the beginning. I mean, it's the first pandemic I'd ever been through, so you kind of didn't know what to believe yeah. and what not to, you know. And I was like, man, I don't want to be the pastor that has church and kill, kills everybody. You know, <laughs> everybody dies and everybody <laughs> dies, but but me, you know. And then I got to live with that the rest of my life. But uh, we only shut down. We did. We were already doing. Um, uh, Facebook live and uh, streaming and stuff. But the hardest thing was just bringing it back to the house and, you know, trying to stand in front of a camera for a few weeks and preach to a church that wasn't there. Um, and then finally we opened the doors four weeks later and just kind of, kind of went back at it, but we lost, I would say close to about 25 to 30% of our congregation during that time. And, um, it it really kind of, freaked us out but you know what was cool though is the 25 percent that we needed to lose uh and so god god yeah. did god yeah. did a sifting uh there without us having to be involved with it and cause all kinds of hard feelings so uh, we've gained that 30 percent plus um probably another 30 percent on top of that uh, and it's just been kind of cool to see that uh see how that's going so um do yeah. you do you have uh what do you got what do you got that you want uh, the audience to know? You got anything new coming up? Um, any big, uh, big plans coming up besides books? What else is going on? No, just, uh, just books. I would encourage you just, 
um, go to our website, cavetime.org. We've got a, you know, a bunch of, bunch of books. We have our own uh, video platform, devos.tv. And for 10 bucks a month, they can have access. We have three years of video content and it's the same content that you'd get on right now media. Right. So, uh, we've got our right now media stuff and, and, um, yeah, that's been a way for us to really reach a lot. And we've really worked on making that a high level, you know, uh, up, upped our game as, as far as equipment. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten, you know, world-class equipment. We, uh, great editing and, and I mean, you know that you guys yeah. are in that business. Um, and so that, that has availed us the opportunity to reach broader audiences. So yeah, check out our video stuff. Um, uh, the, the why Lewis books a fun little read. Um, I'm definitely yeah, so it's for that us is just creating. That's fun. And you can read it. It's, it's a, it's a, over there. They call it a primer. A primer. Uh, okay. It's a primer. And so right. it's just, it's less than a hundred. It's funny. My, I have a really, uh, a well-read grandson. He's five years old and, uh, he loves to read. And so, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, man, that, that Lewis deal, it's less than a hundred pages. I'm my grandpa name's Duke. He goes, Duke, it's like 79. <laughs> so it is, just less, it, it is, it's a primer, man. It's just a bunch of great content, very that's accessible great. in one, you know, one. Like, like, yeah. That, that's what I always say about my book. It's a two seater, put it on the back of the court toilet and you'll be done in a couple of seats <laughs> well i've been a lewis fan. absolutely yeah i've been a lewis fan for a while um i mean I, I try to read everything that he has i even have listened to um i think it's one of the only voice recordings he has uh the four loves some commentary of a lecture he gave mm-hmm. um he's the yeah. he's the reason i smoke yep. so many cigars I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm a huge fan so i'm definitely gonna <laughs> check it out yeah, that's good it's a good book so. Good man, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, he called himself a tobacconist. <laughs> oh, did he really? That's, That's hilarious. Funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, brother, we need to uh, we need to get together here soon and um, uh, do some do some do some ministry stuff. Do some breaking of bread together. And uh, as soon as I get done with this crazy wedding I'd next next week, uh, um, Nan and I are going to plan on taking a couple of weekends where we just get away from everybody and. Uh, Maybe Tulsa will be a place we come down to. Uh, we'd love to see you. Man, we'd love love to hug your neck, man. Well, I, I tell you what, brother, it was an honor having you on here tonight. Uh, I thank you so much for taking your time. And um, uh, why don't you close this out in prayer, and then we will uh, we will let everybody go here tonight. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for Man Up Monday. Thanks for Jody and his team and Lord we ask for just amazing blessing we pray that their audience exponentially grows and the messages and the content do nothing but draw more men to Jesus Jesus we love you we ask that you would breathe on this podcast as people listen and engage in the content and may your name be praised. Amen. And a thousand, a thousand more. more amen. All right, brother, man. Well, Thanks, I love Jeff. you. You have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. God bless you, brother. Bless you guys. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks. God bless. Well, boys, 
thank you guys for uh, joining us tonight. Anything uh, as we close? No, I'm good. You good? Yeah. What time we got? For goes, uh, we get about nine thirty, nine thirty-five, nine thirty. Okay, yeah, but well, that was good. a great episode, that man. Was. He had some good stuff, that's and the good. fact that um, he, you know, he has three or four different books out that you can check out. I think I took two of those, put them on my list. Uh, I posted them on the stream yeah. as we were going. The so the going into the wilderness, like I know we didn't, he didn't talk. I'll, I mean, he mentioned that that's a pivotal time where you talk to God. Man, I'm a believer. I'm a firm believer that that is the, I mean, that's what Jesus did. When he wanted to go, you know, commune with the Father, he went into the wilderness to pray. Yeah. Um, and there is something about stepping away from social media, stepping away from, you know, all the distractions we have. Uh, when I go out into the uh, wilderness, there's no service. You don't have a phone. Yeah. And it takes us, we go for like a week. Um, and it takes you about three days before you stop getting anxious. You know, the stress goes away. And then it's like, all right, well, the only thing that matters is making base camp, you know, yeah. eating some food, getting to the next pylon or whatever you're going. Um, man, it's so huge. If you guys are listening and you don't do that or you've never tried it, grab some people and go on a backpacking trip and, and get away from from cell towers and distractions and spend some time because, uh, yeah, God will definitely talk to you out there. <laughs> it's yeah, terrifying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better than uh, going up there and not having cell service. Mm-hmm. Like for four days, it's just yeah. it's pretty. It's so nice. So, it's just quiet. Yeah. So um, did you guys happen to see? I, I knew there was something we needed to talk about. I w- wanted to talk about with Jeff, but I forgot um, the Roe versus Wade stuff have you seen have you seen any of that yeah i don't i I guess i don't really understand what's going on as far as it's they're they're doing away with they're supposedly going to do away with roe v wade which puts it into the state's hands hands, which why is there such an uproar either way well uh one it's you know people think that it's a choice to kill a baby Number one, right? You know, so they they think so you're that's taking the up. That's, that's the, the uproar, uproar is, is that, that now you're taking it off the federal level and at the it. state level. It's easier to change legislation at the state level than it yeah. is at the uh, federal level. But what's cool is um, now we'll have a voice to an extent. Yeah, you know, for years, um, and, and I even told my church this yesterday. Uh, I spoke on it uh, on abortion and. Um, uh, I, I, I feel I, I'm broken hearted because I actually lost hope. Like I, I just felt like there was nothing. It was never going to change. 62 million babies have been aborted since 1973. Yeah. Only 1.1 million soldiers have died in all American wars since Re- revolutionary war to the Afghan war. Yeah. 1.1 million, um, 63 million babies in a 40 year period since 1973. And 73 million worldwide every year. And um, last week, two times I cried. One was for my my daughter. Uh, the second time I was just, I woke up and uh, I was getting ready for work. And I was just thinking about my kids and all of this stuff. And I just heard the Roe versus Wade. And next thing I know, I'm crying. And uh, you remember the video or the uh the, uh, David Paterka told us to watch that um, 
a call to anguish yeah. by David. Yeah. So that just hit me all of a sudden because I had never cried like that. I'd never, I've never gone to God in, uh, you know, in, in laying in prayer in tears. Mm-hmm. And um, not that I haven't cried, not that I haven't, you know, just felt like I needed to talk to God, but I have never gone in anguish. Right. It's a and different prayer. It's a bro. different, it's a different <laughs> prayer. It is. And all of a sudden I saw what breaks God's heart. Sure. And it was this abortion deal. Like it just wrecked me. And uh, I texted the elders and I said, I'm preaching on abortion this Sunday. And um, man, I, 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 I brought it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just a pivotal issue. And here's the issue is, um, if the church says we need to abolish Roe versus Wade, the church needs to say we will adopt and we will foster and we will take care of them. So that's what has to happen. There's a, we're not doing that in the church today. And like, um, Paterka, was it Paterka or Wilkerson last week said, if we, if we, if, each church in the United States were to adopt two kids, it would yeah. take care of the adoption system in, yeah. in the U S in the U S um, I got to give uh, a shout out to pastor Jeff over at Apologia church. If you haven't checked him out, um, go, go check him mm-hmm. out. Um, they are doing that literally. They, you know, um, and I've always said, this is not a great look for Christians standing in front of abortion clinics you know, screaming, they're doing it with love and they are legitimately stepping up and saying, we will adopt every, if we can convince you not to have an abortion today, we will, we'll, we'll adopt not only the baby, but we'll adopt you. Right. You you can come into our family. That's exactly what I told the church yesterday. And it's, it's so powerful when you come Mm -hmm. at it from that perspective. And it's very, very, the arguments, the more, the more science we get, the harder it is to make the argument that it's just a cluster of cells. Right. Um, so as science progresses, it's becoming more and more difficult. I think Ben Shapiro said it best. If you draw a line anywhere other than conception, um, you have to. And, and again, this isn't this isn't even me advocating for or against. This is just me stating um, a, a fact of drawing a line at a certain number. And so if you say, okay, so a baby is no longer... Uh, or a life is no longer a life because of literally like a geographical location or duration of time. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you change the location so it's outside of the womb, oh, now it's a life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a different geographical location or even saying it's a different country. Because in America, there's a shorter disposition of time needed for... Um, in early birth right. because of our, you know, medical or advances. Medical, right, exactly. If we're oh, maybe in a different country that doesn't have the same medical system, it's a different amount of time. Um, and then the other one is the, um, is so the physical location and then the amount of time. Right. So if you say it's, okay, uh, eight weeks, why? Why at seven is it different than eight? Okay, well, right. then let's do a three. Okay, well, then why at three weeks? And those are the, at least we, like, we need to have those conversations, but we're not even having those conversations. We're just saying abortion, free, clear, let's do it. Right. Um, I think another one of his great points and arguments um, are, you know, if abortion, it, there's nothing wrong with, if there's nothing wrong with it, why few? Meaning, um, hey, you know, I, they should be rare and few, but we should be able to have them. But why right. rare? Right. 
it, I mean, why rare? Make them, I mean, let's have a bunch of abortions because it, it turns something and that will hold on. I, I don't, you know, something in my spirit feels off about that. Um, and I do not, I don't subscribe to men can't have opinions on, you know, whether or not. No, I meant, yeah, from a biblical, we have to step up. From a biblical viewpoint, you know, which as a Christian, I stand on the word of God. Life begins at conception. Matter of fact, the Bible says, I knew you before I, I even put you in the womb. Like that, there's a, there's a whole lot of uh, biblical issues behind it. But, you know, my point is, is that 60, 62 million babies aborted and 95% of them statistically are for convenience. The other 5% are are abortion so, or and or um excuse me uh a formality or not a formality but a oh what do you call it? a deformed baby um or a special needs baby sure so for for years they've brought mathematicians and accountants and all these great minds into the government to talk about what's going on and why it looks like we're going to lose Social Security. Mm -hmm. The reason why we're going to lose Social Security <laughs> is because there's been 62 Six million people. people killed mm -hmm. that if you take how much they pay in Social Security tax over as many years as that they would have had mm -hmm. to work, there's your Social Taking Security. Of, yeah. Not that's that that's the only point. No, right. That's exactly, it's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. Not the best reason, but still. No, still, my, yeah. my, interesting. that's it's, my yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, 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 listen, because everything gonna, else is financial. If why you're going to argue yeah. right and wrong right. with these people, you're it's you're not going to change their minds. No, not at all. They're reprobate. Yeah. If people think killing a child in the womb is okay, mm -hmm. those people's minds are reprobate, reprobate. Yeah. at best. Right. That's good. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Totally. And so I like what you said about. We talked about it on the podcast. There's 448,000 churches in America, mm -hmm. or orphans in America, and there's 380-something thousand churches. Yep. If every church would, you know, find adopt a family one. that yep. would adopt 1.009 kids, right. then there wouldn't be a problem. The right. problem is the church is really good at talking. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, know, in that in That's that what, prayer we yeah. just talked about, a prayer to anguish, what does he say in Call Nehemiah? Yeah. God says, what they're, and I'm paraphrasing, they talk a good game, right? Yeah. but their hearts are far from me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's totally. what people see with the church most of the time is, yeah, they yeah. talk a good game. And that's what that's where we are. You, you know, know, like you can't say I want this abolished and then not do something about that's it. That's right. We, we've if we're going to say that we have to step up and do the things that we're supposed to do because right now the only the only thing that's going to change and it'll be less is liberal states will have abortion yeah. and republican states well, won't have abortion yeah we'll end up having uh, abortion tourism is yeah. what you'll you know is yeah. what you'll end up having and again it's a hard issue we have to go after i i told the church that they we have to Number one, um, teach our children uh, abstinence. Number two, teach our children if something happens, you're still loved, that we will work it out, that we will figure yeah. it out, you know, not to shun them, 
to the point where they are embarrassed and they want to go have an abortion, but let them know that we will love them. Number three, we need to open up our homes to unwed mothers, yeah. period, and nurse them through this, uh, uh, help them through this, uh, encourage them through it. And then we need to go and support those ministries that are out there, those nonprofits, the pro-life, uh, those kind of ministries, and really help them in a way yeah. that shows that we care and not just sit back on our laurels and go, well, somebody else will take care of that. We've got to step up and do that. Um, there are families who could easily uh, foster children. There are families who could financially foster uh, three or four siblings. There are families that could adopt, you know, two or three kids. Yeah. Um, and so I read there was a few statistics. One of them was that 40% of abortions are done by Christians. Which breaks my heart. Sure. Uh, number one. Um, the second thing was was that uh, majority of kids over thirteen in the foster care system uh, age out. You know, yeah. so at eighteen years old, they're just like, okay, good luck. Uh, what if the church came and adopted, or foster, even fostered for that matter, but adopted a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid right. and gave them a legacy, like just for a few years and gave them a name and gave them a purpose and gave them a, um, a, 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 a passion, you know, what it, whatever that looks like. What if we did that? Uh, how much of a difference that would make? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much, so much that we can do that we've got to step up and you know, do it. God's been God's been putting something on my on my wife's heart to the degree that she broke down the other night. I won't get into specifics, but it's 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 opened my eyes and got me thinking, too, about a, something else that God is breaking God's heart. And that's Christians judging people mm -hmm. that God says eyes are blind that they don't know. They don't know, right. This, that, and the other. And we're running around just judging the tar mm -hmm. out of everybody, man. Right. You know? That's and good. Yeah. So we're, we, the church needs to start handling things the right way. Right. Yep. You Amen. Know, Jesus agree. died for the men that he flipped the tables on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you, we, uh, you know, you said it and one time about your buddy that always gives you crap whenever you stick your thumb up and he's like you know what's in your heart oh yeah you just flipped him off but you said he'll always walk with you through it yeah that's my brother he always shoots me straight christians yeah. <laughs> christians need to be able to do that yeah, and they good. need to walk with people through it as opposed to just saying this is listen right and wrong people don't care about right, right. and wrong that don't yeah. know god right well, i think if, if we did that i think we would get to the root of the issue because um i truly believe the root of the issue is not necessarily um whether or not you know um there's been some type of um, rape or anything like that um, it's a convenience thing, and there's a lot of disinformation out there with what Planned Parenthood does and, and how many abortions are actually for medical reasons. Like, there's a lot of disinformation. Um, if the church would step up, all of that would get just turned upside down because you, they wouldn't have the argument of, you're just talking. You're just talking. You're not really yeah. helping. Um, I always... Um, even since, man, it's so vivid in my head. When I first started talking politics, you're like in sixth grade, right? Um, in my head, I thought the greatest compromise in the world, I was like, oh, I could fix this right now. Why don't we just say as a, you know, as a government, why don't we just say 
all all rapes definitely you know you have the option to abort but anything else like let's just make a like that's a great concession for you know people on the right to make for people on the left and even at sixth grade like people were just arguing about oh no like you don't mm-hmm. understand and i think if we stepped up and we took care of all those you know all those issues i think we would still come back to the heart issue yeah, it's, that, de- it's definitely a hard issue. But we yeah. can't make that claim until we step up and actually do the work. Oh, this weekend at the this past weekend at the conference, Tony Morita said, "Love bleeds." Mm-hmm. You know, lo- love yeah. bleeds, mm-hmm. and the 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 church needs to start. We need to bleed. Yeah, yeah. We need to bleed That's for good. for some of these people. That's and pour good. into them and and and. And show them what right looks like. Because if you if you just are going to bark Bible verses at them and say God's against it, well, you're right, you are, but you're talking to people that don't believe, right, or that don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or don't know. That's yeah, they right. Just don't know. That's yeah. right. Well, folks, we want to encourage you to uh, understand the issue of abortion. Yes. And that there are other avenues. That there is adoption. Uh, all four of my kids are adopted. Um, yeah, I would highly suggest that you search it out, figure it out, walk it out, pray it out. Um, but we are to take care of the widows and the orphans and we need to do a better job of it. Um, if you're going to pray that this Roe versus Wade goes away forever, we've got to step up and do something. The church started the orphanages years ago and we started the hospitals, we started the school systems and we gave it all over to, uh, government and secular agencies, and uh, look at where we are today. So we need to be praying that back. We need to be going out and, and doing things a little different. Love God, love others, and do it in a way that is Christ-like. Um, there are very few times you need to flip over tables. Uh, most of the time, you do need to bleed. Amen? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what happens when uh, when we get 30 minutes extra. We said we were not try to do our best not to talk politics. See, to me, this isn't politics. This, I know. Is, this is a sin issue that and has become political. I, I, that's yeah, the issue. It's a sin issue that has become political. And when you, it, it wouldn't be any different than, you know, to, to say that we're going to shoot everybody that runs a red light. You yeah. know, like, let's just, as they run a red light, just shoot them. That's, that's murder. You know, and this, this, there, there is a choice. The choice is not to have sex. The choice is use contraception. The choice is get married. Uh, the choice is put the baby up for adoption. Yeah. Like there's a million different choices outside than killing a well, baby. The hard things are always, I mean, the right things are typically always hard, mm-hmm. you know, um, man, <laughs> the right choice, get married. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just thinking in my head. The wrong person, like in college, with the wrong person. Then, man, that, I, then yeah. you need to keep your, yeah, I know. You well, I, I wasn't zipped up. I, I wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wasn't following. I wasn't following Christ. Right, right. In no, college, I know. and those yeah. those issues come up, and that's your first, like, well, yeah. shoot, you know, I'm not gonna. That's for sure not gonna yeah. happen with that crazy girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's definitely something that the church has to approach in love, mm-hmm. and not in. You're going to hell. You're killing right. your baby. You're doing these things. You, you, you. Uh, ben, you mentioned it. Here, Ju- here, just coming at it from a place of judgment. That's here's not okay. A, and, and I'm a little fired up, but I'm going to try to do this professionally. Here's a little news flash for Christians. You were going to hell the day you were born. Amen. 
and yeah. nothing you've done since has changed that fact. <laughs> so Christians need to understand that people were going to hell the day they were born. Mm -hmm. Now, can we talk about sin or do we got to keep talking about everybody's sins? Right. Again, I'm talking about people that don't know. I'm not right. talking about you and me as Christian brothers and you pointing right. out something in my life that I need to change. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I guarantee you, if you could watch a video of the people at an abortion clinic that changed their mind due to Christians, they're not, they're handling in a loving way. Right. They're not out there going, you're going to hell. Right. You know, God hates you. You'll see God. I can't stand that stuff right. anymore. No. I'm going to clip. You know, crazy. I'm going to clip that. And I'm just going to make that an advertisement of you screaming. You're yeah. going to hell. God, I right. <laughs> put it on Twitter. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're, you're right. I'm, th there's, there is a major uh, disconnect for Christians when it comes to those who are lost. Um, they don't know. And our job is to let them, you know, most people don't care how much you know until they know how much you sure. care. And that's where we've got to get to. We've got to let them see that we do care, that there is a, that we do care for them. We do care for their souls, not necessarily their sin. We need to care for their souls. If you care for their soul, eventually it's going to change their sin. Yeah. They're going to be able to see Jesus in you. They're going to be able to feel Jesus in you. And then eventually the Holy Spirit's going to convict. They're going to get saved and, uh, life changes from there, but we've got to, we've got to really be praying, uh, for our nation. Our nation is, is spiraling out of control and, um, we've got to be careful. We've got to pray for it. We've got to ask the church to step up in ways that just rock the world. Walk, you know, it starts within our own community, it starts within our homes. And, uh, we have to teach, uh, to our children, uh, right and wrong, biblically speaking. You know, because it's it's usually our children that will, you know, get into trouble and go do something like, you know, have sex out of wedlock. And then they get get um, pregnant. And the next thing you know, they don't want to talk to us because or the church because they feel shamed or shunned. And they go and do something stupid like abortion. Yeah, anybody that's been listening for any amount of time knows my daughter's gay. Mm -hmm. My daughter had an abortion. I didn't know about it. She told me years after it happened, she got drunk at a party. One of her guy friends, she was already gay, took advantage of her. She found out she was pregnant. She went and took the morning after pill. Here's my point, and this is why I get irritated with some Christians. Mm -hmm. There's hope for my daughter. Amen. Yep. As long as she's still like, breathing, there, there is hope. Amen. There is hope for her. Yes. But what Christians are doing is they're making these people feel like there is no hope. Mm -hmm. Like they're some type of an enemy with right. no hope and God's coming to send them all off to hell. Mm -hmm. 